0: Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios.
1: An, An elegant weapon for the more civilized age.
2: So this is going to be just usual bullshit talk em up but I got some talking points I wanted to address, just general fucking media bullshit that's been... It helps me to de-stress about these subjects by talking with friends about them.
3: So. All right, so what do you got? Fuck preparation. Fuck preparation. Man, I, I had my fucking whiteboard, like, in my hand. Ready to write down some things so that I can be prepared. And you're, you're fucking with me, Jay.
2: Well, it's more of personal opinions that we're looking for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on an elegant weapon, episode 187 on a motherfucking pod. Welcome back, kids. Grand to have you here. Yet again, you've heard some voices chattering. So I'm going to go through and introduce the voices that you hear tonight to my extreme lower right, hailing all the way from Denver. Colorado. He is the host of Hybrid Interests, back when we were interesting, and two days later on the Points of Interest Podcast Network. He is El Haquez. He is Josh Hawks.
0: What's up, man? I'm over here. (laughs)
2: Uh, It's fun to have you, Josh, here tonight. I'm going to give a quick layout of your position on the Pod Council tonight. Uh, You are slowly gradually have gradually been getting into comic books as you know we've been doing all these podcasts and such but you are more from a basis of a gamer's anime type background would that be fair enough to say uh
0: not so much the anime but the gamer yeah
2: yeah and but you've been slowly really uh getting into deadpool over the past little while as far as getting into comics which is very timely for this conversation
0: yeah i'd say
2: yeah okay excellent so There's El Haquez. Now, we're going to move all the way to my slightly upper extreme right as well. You know, I literally make sure that my setup is in a position where I can say certain areas and know that I'm directionally uh, proportionate. So, to my upper extreme right, slightly, uh, all the way over in Grand Rapids, Michigan, he is the host of Comics Pros and Cons. He is Derek Becker. Hello, Derek.
3: What up, Jay?
2: Now Derek, you are old school, my friend. You are one of those people who uh, won't even rush out to see the movies as much as I know you do love the movies, but you you are a comic book purist truly at heart, would you say?
3: I'd, I'd say that was that's fair. you know that, that's, a, that's a fair enough description, although to be honest, I'm not one of those people that is going to um, you know go kick a puppy if uh, they don't go directly from the source material.
2: Uh, well, exactly. That's kind of my point is, uh, you know, you're more concerned with the source material. So, you know, you, you, it, it's not as a big a deal, which is which is, you know, kind of a perspective that is nice. And you're and you're a hardcore old school X-Men guy.
3: Right. Well, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons, though, that I am that, that I don't get too pissed off about keeping everything uh, direct to source material and expecting things to be good is there was this movie called Daredevil.
2: which is yes you are you are
3: yeah and and that that just ruined everything i have no expectation for any movie after that (laughs) nice
2: it's just been over since then for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay all the way also to my extreme right but i think a little bit lower uh from the mean streets of the d Uh, He is the host of the Ninja Starship podcast on uh, the Points of Interest Podcast Network as well as Podcast Detroit. It's Jimmy McKnight. What's up, Jimmy? How are you, my friend? Now, Jimmy, I know you and I actually haven't ever delved too deeply into comic books themselves. You are a Power Ranger enthusiast.
1: Yes, that is true.
2: You are a MMA, even maybe more so, Muay Thai enthusiast.
1: Yes, that is true.
2: Uh, What are comic books
1: for you then? Uh, For me, I mean, it's just, you know, the basic love of the print, man. I love the stories, I love the characters, and this is something that you get outside of the movies. You know, it's more of a personal connection with the characters.
2: Like, I don't even know what you would collect. Like, what do you collect, and how long have you been collecting?
1: Uh, I've only recently started heavily collecting, but what I do is uh, I'm collecting Star Wars, uh, especially the action figure variant covers. I'm all about those right now. Uh, I'm also reading Darth Vader and, uh, the Power Ranger comic. I've actually recently heavily downsized my pull list, and, uh, oh, and I just got, uh, God Damned by Jason Aaron, and, uh, haven't read it yet, but heard awesome stuff about it.
2: Very nice. They just announced, the Pink Power Ranger's getting her own comic, too, eh?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to come in June.
2: Yeah, excellent. All right, well... I've assembled this esteemed council of Podfathers tonight just to bounce a few things that have been going through my head. Basically, I've had this overbearing question going of what the hell happened, okay, just in general to our our comic book universe, okay, because it used to be that. It was just the comic book universe, and maybe through bouncing some ideas around, we can figure out what has happened and what exactly is going on, because as the decades fly by... I'm starting to feel so out of touch with the ideals of why we loved all this stuff that I'm starting to get confused and scared. I'm, you're I'm growing
3: scared... – Jay, yeah. you're growing old.
2: I am. I'm a, I'm a scared <laughs> old man. You know what I mean? But it's come to a front lately with me. Just uh, There's been a real general DC like kind of witch hunt going on almost, and – it's just gotten to a point with me where I I can't just keep normally I'm a very positive person you know what I mean I like to just you know talk about the good things and the good times
3: describe witch hunt uh okay
2: okay let me lay this out how I had it in my head okay for me it was collecting comics in the 80s not even collecting them is so much buying them when you could I when I was a young little kid in the 80s it wasn't comic collecting and going to the shop it was you know occasionally getting a few comics and some mad magazines off the shelves right and you know so i i was familiar with comics and the heroes and the stories and of course you watch super friends and superpowers growing up i was heavy into collecting the superpowers toys right uh it was excellent good times it wasn't until grade six that i met a guy who me and a few friends and he invited me into a comic club that he had at his house where he would just have friends over and a bunch of kids would bring their comics and read each other's comics and trade and talk. And that's when I really discovered things about comics. Like all these stories they're picking from making movies out of today, I'm only familiar with them from those times, right? And, you know, then 1989 comes and we get Batman. You know, I'm not even going to address Superman because that stood on its own and it's such a classic for so long. It wasn't really until Batman that that things started to kind of roll along. You know what I mean? As far as diving into other properties. So in '89, this happens, and there's a big boom of comic books in the '90s. You know, there's a mass overprinting of things because everybody thinks all oh, this shit is going to be worth something.
3: Well, because yeah, they, but you you, know, you, you you had to buy one to read and one to save that you're going to sell later because.
2: Oh yeah, no. we were lunatics. It well, was, yeah. Yeah. The,
3: the thing that no one could figure out to do the math is that if everyone had two copies, why would anyone want one of yours? hmm Yeah, it's
2: it's it was crazy. It's an insane time that you know it led to a big peak. So now, decades later, we're at a point where there is such a detach from those of us who grew up when we had nothing but comic books to kids who have not known a world without comic book movies. Like, that, you know, we're going back to, like, 99, 2000 with, like, Blade and X-Men, you know, and even Phantom Menace coming back in 99, you know, Star Wars returning. There's so many kids who were born back then, now what, getting into their 20s and shit, that I'm so confused. How did it go from a time when... I wouldn't even have called it a friendly rivalry. Marvel did its thing. DC did its thing. Everybody loved everything. Even if you were a DC kid or a Marvel kid, you still respected the hell out of the fact that there was the other, the yin with the yang. Even to the point where Marvel and DC on how many occasions over the decades have worked together and done projects, you know, combined. Many many times have they done that, and now we live in a generation of war, of cinematic comic book TV war, and these kids who have grown up with Iron Man and who have been so indoctrined into the Marvel formula, they just—it's like they want DC to fail just out of of hatred, you know. And it's interesting now. Uh, we'll keep the Deadpool spoilers, uh, you know, to a uh, non uh fellas, just because Derek hasn't actually seen the movie yet.
3: yeah that's true
2: (laughs) but uh even though it's an r-rated movie all these kids are freaking out like it's changing everything but there's been tons of r-rated comic book movies already sure none of them were half as successful as deadpool because it's just on its own a really well-made movie so what the hell happened like how is the world not stoked as hell for batman versus superman
3: uh it's it's there, there's a couple reasons. One, Batman's been played out a little bit. And so you have kids that have grown up with Batman, like you said. You know I mean? 1989, I mean, shit. Somebody that was born in 89 is now, what, 26, 27 years old, depending on when their birthday is. Yeah,
2: my brother. He was born in 89, and now he's
3: 27. Yeah. So he's always had a Batman movie. And then there were three more and then you know there there's there's more coming it's it's kind of at the point they need to take their foot off the pedal a little bit and quit shoving it you know just just gunning it 90 miles an hour down the down the road they need to i don't know they 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 need to take a little But bit isn't more that exactly
2: what Marvel's doing? Is not is Marvel not just bombarding us with like a a constant stream yes, of kind of the same thing. And I'm not saying that is a negative. I mean they their formula works and it's a great formula that I there's love a, and appreciate. There's a,
3: difference. there's a difference, Jay. They're not shoving the same thing down your throat with Oh, we just did Batman, now we're rebooting Batman again. And I think that's that's the problem, is the fact that, you know, you had a Superman movie here what, six ish years ago? Seven years ago maybe? When when that the, the Superman Returns movie came out. That was right. the biggest fucking snooze fest I've ever seen, and I, <laughs> I literally fell asleep three times in the theater watching that show that that movie. It was just that bad, and so now the the new Superman comes back, and everybody's like, "Well, that's not my Superman," and they get all butt hurt over that. Now, then you add in the fact that you had a great Batman, you had a great trilogy, and the last movie was a little lackluster, and DC is doing the same. Thing that they do over and over. If one villain's good, fourteen must be better, and their formula is just played out. It's 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 like the chick in high school that you used to think was hot, and then she fucked the whole football team, and you're like. Yeah, I don't want that anymore. But
2: this is so not that formula and it's so obviously not. I mean, people are really appreciating that Deadpool is breaking away from a lot of formulas and it's it's evident that they've done two things is throw out that old formula and try to listen to the fans and give us the dark night. Like everybody it's it's assumed, yes, everybody knows he looks great. But everybody is just there's this general feeling of like hatred from the Marvel kids uh, of of Warner Brothers like letting somebody try something different like the only reason people didn't like man of steel was because it wasn't what they wanted you never hear them say it was a shittily made movie you hear them say how it just wasn't
3: right it wasn't superman it wasn't this or that i mean how many of these kids have ever
2: even read a superman comic you know
3: yeah but i mean honestly i loved that movie i thought it was fantastic
2: yeah i agree but does that mean the comics don't matter anymore basically
3: Oh, that's pretty much when it comes to movies. Yeah, they they pretty much don't fucking count at all.
2: Like at all, eh?
3: Well, well yeah. I, I, they do to a point. In the in the stance
0: of they cherry pick certain aspects of stories.
3: Yes. Well, and and I think just to kind of get back, Jake, because I don't think you're quite understanding what I'm saying when it comes to where the 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 lackluster enthusiasm is as far as the the Batman-Superman movie. No, I
2: hear what you're saying with the Batman, but I do you, does it seem like they're doing that? Like, I don't seem... Like, it seems like there's more heroes than villains this time around.
3: No. Well, and and I think there actually is, but it's... I don't know. Like, it's just played out. Like, it's... It, they, they really, honestly, in my opinion, they need to start pulling some different characters and just let Batman sit on the shelf for a little bit. You know? Just let him chill out. You don't have to just... It's it's like they have to have Batman be big in order for them to do anything else at all. Go out there and make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You know, a a movie where nobody – and, yeah, they're kind of doing that with Suicide Squad, but – Still Batman's in it. (laughs) Batman's in it. And I get that. I
2: get that. Like, I'm a bit biased as such a huge Batman fan, but I do agree that they're taking the safe route by, you know, building it on Batman's back, you know.
1: It's a yeah. lot harder to sell a Superman movie by itself because he's so overpowered. And even though there are Superman fans, they still feel that they're like, you know, he he can't be beat. He's like a God. It's almost boring. You know, how are you going to continue that into a franchise unless you did something like a Guardians of the Galaxy where he's teamed up with other people like Superman and the Green Lantern Corps or something, you know, but they have to incorporate Batman into it because he's the interesting one. He's the more human one. He's the one that sells
2: yeah. Well, like, as Derek was saying, then you have to agree that it's a bold move, given the Suicide Squad a shot like that's like it's not in any way like Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's definitely their their Guardians risk that they're taking, even though right. Batman, even though Batman is in it, Guardians still had the safety net of being attached to the Marvel Universe. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't well, just com- some complete randomly like would Guardians of the Galaxy have done as well if it wasn't attached to the Marvel Universe.
0: Yes. Oh, no. I, don't, I, think would. <laughs> I think so. I thought it was a great flick. Hell yeah! You know, I don't know who the hell the Guardians of the Galaxy are.
2: Yeah, but would you have gone to see it if they weren't on Marvel Comic property? Yes.
3: Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I don't think I would have, strictly because of the fact that I don't have enough time, honestly, to go... I, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I haven't seen Deadpool yet. It's been out for over a week now, and uh, well over a week, and I still haven't got there, because I don't have time. And I will, only because of the fact that I'm going to need to, like it's almost some of these movies I see out of necessity more than actual desire, because I know that I'm going to have to sit here and I'm going to want to talk to you guys about it, or you guys are going to be talking about it. I'm going to be sitting there, you know, with my thumb up my ass going, <laughs> um, all right, well, did you read this comic? And you'll be like, shut up nerd. So, yeah. But <laughs> it's like, the,
2: I I don't think I would have rushed to see it as quickly or been as excited. The fact that I knew it was connected to the Marvel universe and that it had history as a comic and I knew Marvel hardly and rarely ever fails at making a movie that made me want to see it. You know, it made me a lot more excited than if it was just some, you know, random off the shelf movie. Like, you know, what was a Jupiter moon or any of that kind of crap? You know what I mean? Or what was that movie? What was the Wachowski's last movie?
1: Jupiter ascending. Yeah.
2: Jupiter ascending. You know what I mean? Like uh, if, you know, if that had been a matrix sequel, in some way, I bet you it would have done better just mm-hmm. out of that fact alone, right? So yeah, I don't I- know. I just feel like there's this general thing where I I've said from the beginning I like the fact that Warner Brothers is 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 taking a different route. I don't think they're doing it out of spite against Marvel. I just think that they didn't want to strictly like copy exactly what Marvel was doing. They wanted to you know be open to trying a few more things. Because Marvel is its own studio, and that is that is its you know. It, it, it's lifeblood or those movies, you know, whereas Warner Brothers has got so much other crap going on at the same time that, you know, DC's just got its little division. They're like, okay, go ahead, kind of try your thing. And I've always appreciated that they've left it open. I've appreciated that, uh, it, that the TV and the, the movie universe is separate. I like that, you know I like that it leaves more open just like the comics how many de- there's detective comics Batman or the Dark Knight you can collect any of them and they're all still Batman but none of them are the same Batman you know what I mean
0: that's why it's always been really hard for me to get into books
2: Cause Cause I don't know
0: where to start I don't know which one to read
2: right right so did you, know, did just, you find I... it easy with Deadpool then like like what like where'd you start with Deadpool
0: uh, the uh trades the classic trades they're Riley. all numbered 1 through whatever. Mhm. You just follow along, you just buy the next one in, in you know in order.
2: Well, trades are the best to get ke- to catch up and that's how I've done uh Saga is through the trades. And yeah. it, you know, it's a beautiful thing that we have those now.
0: You know, it may not be every book in his in his line, but I don't care. I'm just looking to be entertained.
2: Right, right. And you know, Deadpool does it for you. So, yeah. you know, without spoiling the movie, you enjoyed the movie Incredibly, yeah,
0: it was a good time. I mean, the laughs per minute were uh, were on point. The uh, we talked about it on Two J's later. Yep. Um, but yeah, just a, it, it was is is refreshing to not be a PG thirteen movie, if anything.
2: Right, but that's I was saying earlier. Like, there's so many that haven't been. I'm surprised right, that people yeah, are acting that's what I'm like saying. this. It's is nice is nice to go back to it though. This movie I found was groundbreaking, just the way it was made. I don't think it it. It went further. It, it wasn't half as gory as I even thought it was gonna be, and it's it's just the 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 direction. It's incredibly well made, and unlike any other comic book movie in that way, right? Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know, Jimmy, you just recently did a whole spoilery full episode of talking about
1: it, which I very much enjoyed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
2: Um, It was completely on point. I agreed with everything, uh, right down to the chimichanga statement you guys were talking about at the end. Right. Without spoiling that, uh, I completely agree. I was surprised. But uh, either way. So, you know, we've just come at a point where, uh, you know, usually I can dismiss things on the internet because, you know, it's some 14 or 15-year-old kid maybe or... You know, who's just never read a comic, but I don't know. I just maybe it's personal because I'm so biased because I love Zack Snyder so much. Like, you know, and and Derek, that's one great thing I always appreciate about it, too. uh, On your former podcast used to be on Drunk On Comics. You guys were obviously Marvel kids, but had nothing against DC. Right. You know, and there, you felt no reason. It wasn't like a like a confrontational thing for you guys. And you guys grew grew up kind of out of the same era that I did, when it was just one love, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it was definitely, you know, I I had the same experience growing up that that you did. You know, you had your couple kids that got together, and you you read comics, and then you traded. And depending on how good the story was, determined the value of the comic. Had nothing to do with like you know collectability. <laughs> um absolutely
2: i mean i don't know if it's hard for you as an x-men fan like i'm an x-men fan nowhere near you know the breadth that you are but i collected wolverine and x-men as a kid and you know uh those movies okay you know i'm I'm trying it's hard for me to be this negative but those movies are shit i think i've i've not enjoyed one of them maybe days of future past I thought was okay. But those movies more than any other comic book movie are further away from the source material than any other
3: comic book movie. I'm to actually po- going to disagree.
2: To the point where it bothers me that much and it, those things don't usually bother me. I mean
3: – okay. hold, hold up yeah. here, Jay. I'm going right. to disagree with you because the, two, the, the newest X-Men movies are actually the closest – to the source material of anything I've ever seen. Okay, I That's have been...
2: to adjust my statement. I don't mean this as far as, yes, the stories have been great and all that. I mean, literally, I think the characters themselves uh, are just kind of meager images of what they should and could be. I, I, uh, The casting, maybe it's just the casting. The casting is probably the thing I have been the least happy with across all the X Men movies.
3: Well, You're... you know, here's here's the thing with them. I mean, the the first three X Men movies that came out, they were fun, and honestly, like I I actually liked them. I and I even liked I even liked three, which everyone says is you know basically a, a fucking you know cinematic abortion. But I <laughs> I enjoyed it, and I still like watching it. It's fun, and now. The reason, though, that I say that that these movies are, are very close to the source material, even more so in some ways than the animated series, because of the fact that even though they don't make... The, they aren't following the exact stories with the same characters and, and in the same timelines and all this, the heart of who the X-Men are and the heart of the characters is so much better in those the, the most two recent movies than anything ever before and for that i can get over the fact that they are using mystique in a way that she really shouldn't be used and and you know bringing characters in when the the timelines don't match i i get it but it's it's there for me so that's why i wanted to actually explain is because while i can see where you're coming from the source material is actually there in heart
2: I it just, how, how was the look of it to you? You know what I mean? That was one thing about Deadpool. Would you fellas not agree that it was one of those movies that is so torn out of the pages?
1: It's insane. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, totally. Compared to the comic. I thought they hit everything on the head for, even down to him making his own suit.
2: Yeah. It felt like Watchmen, like right off the pages to the point where his eyes, even though his eyes are white, they still widen and close like the oh, mask. Yeah.
0: You yeah. That? Like, animated oh yeah it was
2: awesome
0: <laughs> I remember seeing uh, the production photos and seeing that they put uh, like mocap type of uh, dots on the mask oh, on the mask guys and I was
1: I called it back then I was like they're gonna animate the, the eyes. that's that's awesome it made it so perfect too like it's, it's, I don't want to spoil anything but the part where he has his uh, hands up on his cheeks and he's all <gasps> And his eyes yeah, all yeah, lined yeah. up on the bridge. I'm like, yes.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: like I mean, it, it was a, how do you how do you make somebody emote that has you can't see a their mask face? on? Yeah, yeah. It's and all body said, language at it. that point. They
2: just didn't care. They were like, you just do it. You don't explain it. You just do it, Derek. I'm so excited for you to see this movie for Colossus.
3: Oh yeah, well I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, and you guys know I don't actually even like De- Deadpool.
2: Yeah, but- no, that's why I'm saying Colossus is pitch perfect yes. like that's like the colossus the guy in those movies that kid that american kid like colossus was from like indiana or something yeah yeah no this is pete you know this is Rasputin, this is fucking colossus man
1: <laughs> that guy didn't even want to uh he was offered the role of colossus again for deadpool and but they were like no you're just gonna you do the voice and he's like no I, he, he didn't he wasn't gonna get any screen time so he turned the role down
2: well, I'm glad he did, because going yeah, thank, CGI thanks, was fuck. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank God. So this also, there's a lot of discussion going on, because this is opening things up to, people are saying, oh, more movies are going to be R-rated. Now, we, there's tons of comic book movies that have been R-rated, but maybe this means certain ones of a higher stature, like they're saying maybe we finally get a rated R Wolverine.
3: Oh, they, they, what's, Logan.
0: His, they, what's the dude's name that makes Spawn? Oh, oh, Todd McFarlane. McFarlane. Yeah, he yeah. Came oh, wait, wait, whatever... wait,
3: Jay, what's, yeah. what's his name? Todd McFarlane. Yes. <laughs> he, he came out of whatever cave he's been hanging
0: out in and said, I'm going to make another Spawn movie, but it's going to be R-rated.
2: Yeah, it's going to be more like a horror movie, like where Spawn's like hey, he said he's gonna a bring, you know, shadowy character. I didn't yeah. really
0: read, read the whole thing, but said something about,
2: <laughs> Well, you know, I read that the it, evil was going and...
0: to be present. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's more like uh, he just wants to use less. He wants to keep it a small budget, basically, so he can get it made, right? Whereas, you know, Deadpool will be given a bigger budget, which is going to be hilarious because of the way it's made fun of in the movie without spoiling anything. Mm -hmm. But um, Wolverine, I may finally get what I've wanted forever. Like, I'll even give Hugh Jackman one more shot at a rated r wolverine and see if he can pick up from that moment in the wolverine that it all fell apart i had i was giving him the benefit of the doubt through all those movies thinking someday he's got to pull it off finally i see the wolverine and it gets to that point at the end of the wolverine spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it or cares Um, when he is running through the Japanese street at the end in the town in the snow and all the ninjas are on the rooftops throwing spears through his back and shit and and he's running along, right at that moment they had a choice. They could have either turned that into the single greatest comic book movie that ever existed or they could fuck it to hell like they chose to do. No berserker attack? No. What does he do? He passes out? (laughs) that's the single moment of all comic book movies that just literally makes me physically angry you had an opportunity there to turn wolverine with all these spears sticking out of his back he could have turned around and shredded a couple hundred ninjas to shit in the middle of a snowy japanese village could any comic book have ever gotten better than that but no he has to go fight a, a big giant cartoon samurai instead.
3: Like it, It's better It's better than the bear pissing in the woods. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that yeah. movie was fucking terrible. Oh, that was, was literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, it just, yeah. oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's, that's,
2: it was hard, man. It was hard. But that moment, that one scene was so out of a Frank Miller comic book of him running down that Japanese street. And then how do you not take advantage of that moment? Like, you make Wolverine, oh, so I'm hoping that maybe one more shot. Because I've been saying Hugh Jackman needs to hang up those claws for years now. Like, he has been the biggest – he kind of pulled it off in the first one, I thought. And he was good in Days of Future Past. Uh, but, you know, we just, we've never gotten that, that proper lose-your-shit Wolverine. And we need to have it. We need a short little fucking insane animalistic Wolverine. Just once, people. Please. Just once, you know. I don't so, know, if Jack.
0: I don't know if they'll give Jack Human that that chance.
2: Well, they're saying it now. They're talking about. I mean, what's you know, Fox is going to be so excited and cream, creaming themselves over this Deadpool thing. They're probably going to try and give. I bet you they try and give it to Tim Miller. I bet you they try and get the guy who just made Deadpool to make Wolverine.
3: I'd go I, see
1: that.
2: I'm calling that. I bet you they do, and they try to put dead. Like they should just give that guy everything. Because Brian Singer, admittedly, is, has hardly even read an X Men comic, you know, like that's just not right. It's proven history. You got to know the movie you're making, or you're just going to make something else, and it won't be right, you know. That's the smart thing that Wolverine, that Marvel has done, is they found this formula and they picked the best directors for it, you know. Yeah. Like Black Panther, it's going to be crazy, crazy. Um, but. Okay, something else. So, you guys heard about the uh, DC Rebirth announcement.
3: Oh, well, the reboot? Well, Did they of. not just do
0: this a couple times? Well, but they it fucked it up. up. Well, it wasn't you
2: know, the New
0: 52 like a, a reboot?
2: Okay. New 52 was a reboot. It actually, as far as a shot in the arm in the comic book industry, was a very good thing. And there was a few titles that came out of that that were brilliant, that were genius. Uh, Of course, saying I'm biased again, but I think most people generally agree that the Capullo-Snyder run of Batman will go down as one of the greatest in the history of that book's run. That was just genius comic book making for what will have been, what, 50 issues? I think Snyder just announced he's leaving for issue 51. So what they're doing is... I don't know. They're, okay, Jeff Johns has been given more control. Jim Lee and Didio, who are the editors of DC, uh, they're kind of they're trying to loosen things up too. So Jeff Johns, having more of his hand in the cookie jar, has decided to try something weird, where it's a reboot, but it's like what would you call the opposite of a reboot? A reset? I don't know. Does a
0: reset. The- I don't know. Yeah, like a resetting of, of <laughs> like hitting oh. the reset on the eight
2: bit. Basically some they're gonna go back. It's a and,
0: reimagination.
2: Well no, not necessarily here's the thing. Okay, there's gonna be two yes, they're all gonna be number ones. Most of the titles that come out of this will have number one except for two titles. Action Action Comics and Detective Comics are going back to their original numbering. So they're actually going back to before the new fifty two. So that's kind of neat because that puts them both in a position where in the next couple of years, we're going to reach Action Comics and Detective Comics issue 1000, which I don't believe there has been a 1000 issue for a comic
3: book yet. There has, but just not actually official because like I know Marvel made an issue 1000 of Wolverine just because same reason they make everything go back to issue one because somebody's going to fucking buy it.
2: Right, but, I mean, their issue 1,000 wasn't a literal 1,000th issue, was it? Correct. No, right. it was not. Yeah, the cool thing about action and detective is you could literally own from one to 1,000 and more because of all these silly reboots of a comic book run. That's insane. 1,000 action comics have been made over, what, 77 years? That's uh, That's nutty boo stuff. So this is, even though it smells of the reboot... Uh, what if you watch the video that Jeff Johns put out? He seems very heartfelt and genuine. To be honest, of how they are listening to the fans and realizing that something is missing. Uh, you know, the feeling of legacy, the feeling of heart, and you know where everything uh, DC was built from. There's something missing there. So what they're trying to do is bring that back. So they're not necessarily wanting to reboot, as bring it back to a place where it was. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it'll attract a lot more readers, too, because for all the people that are out there that don't know where to start, hey, we're all starting at number one, so that attracts a lot more customers as well.
2: It's always a good shot in the arm, a reboot, but you want that to start lasting these days, and one thing that I've actually heard from a few fans, fans I actually respect, not just all the you know yibber-yabber millennial haters on the internet, is uh, that... This is looking interesting because if you do look at some of the teams that are being put together for some of these books, uh, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on. In fact, Derek, I wanted to mention because I just met uh Eric Snyder at Grand Rapids when we were out there.
3: Ethan Van Skyver.
2: Yes, uh sorry, Ethan Van Skyver. I hope he doesn't hear that. He's not the type to appreciate my mispronunciation of his name
3: (laughs) it's all right you're canadian you can just say it's your accent
2: but he's 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 going on to justice league yeah and that's interesting that's uh that's a different take on things you know what i mean yes uh, from what's been happening so what do you guys think do you think this is just another plain old reboot or do you think they're genuine do you think they're trying to get to the heart of things and, and make dc comics what it was
3: it's a reboot (laughs) <laughs> just that easy eh? it's it's that's that's all it is you know i mean unfortunately it, it's funny because you know we're living in this time where geek is chic but what i've started to notice is that well geek is chic ever you know you, you get all these get all these these good-looking girls that want to wear the batman t-shirts but they don't give a fuck about the the comics you know they're like oh i love batman i you know it's, it's starting to get to the point where where there's more fake nerds than real ones at this point, DC and Marvel are both grasping at straws on how to get these people to actually start reading. Well, how do you think they
2: could? How do you think they could? Like, how do you think they could actually make something work without, you know, like think about it, you know, this is almost a hundred years of comic book making. Like, how do you, how do you keep it there? How do you keep it fresh? How do you well, keep the readers or bring the old ones back?
3: You know? I, I think one of the problems is the fact that they keep rebooting shit all the time. And this goes right back to the reason why I don't think that there's a, a whole lot of excitement for the Batman Superman movie. Because people are just disenfranchised because they realize that nothing nothing stays. Nothing is real. Like Whatever you put down, they're just going to reboot it. And it doesn't actually fucking matter, which is why I've started getting farther and farther away from the mainstream comics and going into more of the the indie stuff, because if you kill somebody there, they're not going to reboot The Walking Dead. You know, if, if you kill somebody in Saga, that's not going to go, oops, that part doesn't count anymore. And I think that's the problem. You get people walking into the stores and they want to read something. And these comic shop owners and employees are like going, yeah, it's cool. If you want to try this out, you know, this is a good one. This is a good one. But if you, you know, if you really want to read something that's great, then you should, you know, read whatever it is my Doberman's barking about. <laughs>
2: but- <laughs> I mean, it's a weird time though, when it seems that Marvel is mighty, even though DC does get its uh, animation and television props. Is the fact that I'm pretty sure DC is quite outselling any Marvel comic books right now? Like, even though they're both hurting, and the industry as a whole is er- is hurting, you know. Batman and Justice League will just keep on selling no matter what, it seems. And that seems the last thread. So you can understand them trying to build this movie out of it. Now, Derek, did you watch the link to the trailer I sent you? Yeah, I watched it. Now, did you two other two fellas have seen the latest official final Batman vs. Superman trailer?
1: Oh, yeah, lots of times.
2: Okay.
0: I've seen it, but I haven't actually seen it without a glare on my screen.
2: Yeah, you were saying that. What's yeah. is there a, a haunted glare following you around or something?
0: It's every time I I'm like, oh, I should watch that. There's always been a glare.
2: How's that for a Twilight Zone short? Where no matter what TV <laughs> or device you look into, there's this like haunted glare that you can never look at anything, and it only appears when you're looking at a screen.
3: <laughs>
0: that's pretty funny.
3: It's o- gonna, it's you, only when you try to watch Batman and Superman though. That that's the best part. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's nice. the best part.
2: I'm gonna pitch that to Source Point. but um in my personal humble opinion in my biased batman biased Zack snyder opinion the first 30 seconds of that trailer are the single greatest thing i've ever seen on film in my life when the whole batman beginning him in that room oh my fucking god
1: never I, seen him that fast. He was fast.
2: I I, that, I don't care how shit the rest of that movie may be. I will pay 10 bucks just to see that part.
0: <laughs> you can tell that the, uh, the sales of the Batman video games in recent years has been really high because he fights just like the Batman does in the video games. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, those Arkham games are monstrous,
1: right? Oh, they're so good, too.
2: And they outsell, like, the video games outsell the movie industry like crazy. I bet you those Batman video games are, like, the fucking bread and butter.
1: Oh, they are. They're the staple, guaranteed. So, you guys got that impression.
2: That's cool, because I, you know, I don't know that point of view. For me, just seeing it, it was Zack Snyder at his cinematic choreography, like, like, just best like you guys know i love his movies either way and his movies have done well enough and you know you can't say that he doesn't shoot a nice visual film whether you like the story or whatever the hell so just watching that sequence was i I can't even tell you how giddy it makes me i can't to see batman like that where he is finally bigger than life as much as he shouldn't be because he's a real life guy whatever that's why i'm a dc kid i like going over the top I like seeing things that just aren't real and who cares about explaining them. And the way he's tossing guys around is inhuman. Like he's just it looks like a comic book. It's The Dark Knight literally come to life. And I think a lot of the talk that I've been complaining about on this episode actually quelled a bit after that trailer was released. Cuz my god. I mean,
3: are you guys worried at all that um and one of the reasons that like you know, when when Jay, you're like, hey, you know, we're going to talk about the most recent trailer, and I'm like, send me a link, because I'm I'm purposely avoiding as much as I can. The same thing like with with Star Wars, you know, I granted I saw I saw each of the trailers once when they came out, and I didn't go rewatch them. I wasn't doing any of that. My fear with the Batman Superman movie is that they're giving way too much away. And I'm, I'm going to be walking into that movie the whole time going, I'm still waiting for this to happen. I know that this part's got to happen. I know this part has to happen. I know this part has to happen. And I'm just afraid that there's just far too much already spoiled by, I, by the studio.
2: I would agree 100%. I think this trailer should have been the only trailer. I think this final trailer they put out should have been the only one they put out from beginning to end. I think it would have been more than enough to get people there and to give people an idea enough of what the movie's about. Because yes, you're absolutely right. People go f- way too far. I was harking back to Batman in 89. You guys remember how we hardly saw nothing. Like even mm-hmm. that, like even in the commercials, you'd get like a glimpse of the Batmobile and a diet Coke, maybe Alfred. You didn't even see Batman. Like we didn't see anything about that movie till we saw that movie. And it was a brilliant time. You
3: know, yeah, well, you know, and that's that's the whole thing. I mean, just in general with with films, if you fucking you know, if you give the whole thing away, nobody's gonna buy it. You know.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: I was a bit oh. disappointed to not or to see uh, uh, fuck, I lost his name. <laughs> Doomsday, no Doomsday. Oh. I was disappointed to see Doomsday in that shit, man. Like, you know, I didn't need to see that in the trailer. That kind of that kind of ruined it. Yeah, it's you too know, early. It, it, to, it's too early to yeah. re- reveal that. Yeah, that did it take too- a lot of the excitement away, but this trailer, this trailer totally brought it all back. You know, so, so I'm still yeah. super excited to see this movie. I'm I'm all for it, but it's like it's it's, you know, people find it hard to to understand my opinions of things because I love everything so much. No, well, <laughs> I'm know? with
2: you too. I love things like I, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't love Marvel movies as much as m- most kids seem to just think they're the greatest entertainment that ever has existed, but I do love them and appreciate them and see them. But even when I don't, I don't feel the need to shit talk. I just don't understand this incessant need to shit talk and bash things that society has nowadays. It's just driving me crazy. Like even people that are like people, you hear it on things, but I'm starting to see people I know and, you know, and, and, uh, organizations that I may follow, you know on certain social medias for whatever reasons i've just had to unfollow because the negativity out there is just unreal like it's supposed to be art you're supposed to take risks you're supposed to try things with whatever it is they have thousands of thousands of years and comic book movies to you know go off for decades to come like let people try things let people experiment if it doesn't work it doesn't mean that they've committed a cardinal sin you know what I mean? Like, well,
3: yeah, and if it doesn't work, you're just going to reboot the shit in three years anyway.
2: Exactly. So, you know, people just calm down. Like, imagine how people are going to lose it after this Infinity War. Like, what do people think are going to happen? Do people think Robert Downey Jr. is going to be Iron Man forever? Like,
3: reboot Iron Man? wait, not, wait, the whole universe... are, you, are you telling me he's not? <laughs> what the fuck, Jay? You just ruined my whole day. What do you think they're going to do when
2: this whole phase is over and everybody leaves and they have to recast everybody? Are they going to start? Like, what do you do? Do the Marvel Ultimates? Like, where do you go? Do you redo all the stories you've done? It already is the Marvel Ultimates, though. So what happens in 2020? What's Marvel going to do?
1: They just well, they- keep them looking young. You saw Michael Douglas in Ant-Man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could do that
1: to all of them. They could just keep They going.
2: don't even hire actors anymore. Just they're all completely CGI. Like yeah, bosses, It's all just mo-cap
1: you know? suits. And yeah, that's
2: yeah, that. totally. Um, Derek, listen, I really appreciate your outlook and your conversationals on all these subjects tonight. Uh, I'm going to actually dismiss you for the evening or afternoon. What is it right now? Oh, my God, it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But most people probably listen in the evening, so I could say the evening anyways. But uh, for me and these kids, I think we're going to spoil a little bit of Deadpool, and I don't want that to happen for you.
3: I appreciate it. So,
2: uh, you know, uh, go ahead. Yeah, You can go. You've staged your hour. And uh, thanks again, man. No problem. I'm, I'm again, be- uh, you can hear Derek Becker on his brand new podcast, uh, Comic Pros and Cons. And I believe it's just ComicProsAndCons.com, dot com. Yes.
3: You got it. And uh comic pros cons on Twitter. Facebook is Comic Pros and Cons. And,
2: and your last episode was Cena Grace, I believe.
3: Yes, yes. Yes. Very good, buddy. Uh next episode up is uh good friend of of pretty much all of ours, uh Mr. Dan Doherty.
2: Oh, very fun. Yes, yeah. he was on That's the show awesome. weeks yeah, this-
3: ago. This this episode is a little bit different from most of uh from most of my others where we actually are bullshitting more than we're talking about comics.
2: Good times, yeah. Good times, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, so everybody, check that out, Derek. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. We'll chat. See with you, Blanton, oh,
3: buddy. Yes, and and so are we going to call this episode um, after three J's later? You get the D.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Well done. we just may now remind me later all right sweet all right see you guys all right take it easy Ah, uh, derek's fun okay guys wasn't deadpool fucking awesome yes <laughs> yeah it was a good time very good time oh i'm just blown away by how much fun it was like i thought it'd be cool i've never read much deadpool but i know of deadpool and i get that it's fun but nothing's ever sucked me in but i loved the fuck out of this movie
1: I thought it had so much heart, too, man, and, like, the underlying message and, you know, and everything and, like, how you could really see, you know, the, the pain that he was going through, especially because, like, okay, take, for instance, him and his girlfriend, where they have, like, you know, basically this relationship based on fucking and, and phys, you know, being physically attractive, and then he gets burnt to shit, and... He, he thinks that right as he goes to see her you know right when he gets that chance you can see he's like oh dude I'm ugly as fuck like she's not gonna love me she won't accept me and then that's more pain for him you know the movie just had so many good things about it that sucked you in and made you emotionally connected Jimmy,
2: I love the fact that of all the people I've heard uh, the dozens of people I've heard talking about this movie you're the only one who's been like it was so emotional (laughs) Yeah, it it
1: was man it it, it it just made me I
2: cried and it gave me the feels like you were all about
1: that on your show yeah dude it did i almost <laughs> did well up straight up when with the cancer scene when he just like zones out and looks at her and he's like well but maybe it's just because i'm 30 now and you know i'm i'm be getting you know more that of like a bitch really hits <laughs> you eh? yeah dude like he's like he's just like thinking you know like oh you know she's 10 steps ahead and i don't even know what the fuck to do right now and i'm like oh my god i never know what the fuck to do this is amazing (laughs) oh
2: what i was saying earlier about the chimichangas josh and i discussed this on two J's later as well was the lack of them like we got one chimichanga reference at the very end of the movie like he eats the shit all the time in the comics no
1: yeah, all that—that's like it's in every single issue, if I'm not mistaken. There's at least some kind of chimichanga, reference. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much.
2: So, do you think, uh, like, what do you think happened there? They just kind of didn't have the time,
1: or... maybe, maybe saving it, or maybe because it was so, you know, one-liner after one-liner with him that they didn't want to over-joke it. You know, maybe that's why there were so many you know, uh, uh, really powerful scenes in it that kind of like, it it, it just went so back and forth between action-packed comedy to, you know, everything else that it was, all the heartfelt stuff.
2: Yeah, the tone, the the control of tones throughout the movie. You can't say the movie had one tone because it had like eight. It was like Deadpool. It was total schizophrenic in its head where it just kept bouncing from one emotion to the other. And, you know, at times it felt like such a farce and at other times, it was like, "Oh my God, this is some serious shit." And it was just brilliantly from a director who's never made a movie before. Like, and, you know, just it goes to show the pureness of like naivety and ignorance. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Do you guys remember the uh, the I think it was one of the Arkham games for Batman, uh, the commercial, the trailer that was made for it, like last year or the year before. Where like young Bruce Wayne was at his parents' grave, with like uh, in the rain with Alfred, and then he ages, and it shows him as a teenager getting bullied at school, and then it shows him a little older training. I and do stuff. remember that. I
0: do yeah?
1: Oh no no not at all.
2: Okay, Jimmy, I'll send you the link to this later. It's 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 like two minutes of you want to talk feels like it just you know it just it's okay. I'll send it to you. It'll blow your mind. But he directed that, Josh. Who did? The guy who directed this Dead
0: no, Ten Miller.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, direct, he directed that game or that uh, trailer for that game, which was like uh, better than any movie in two minutes. Like I don't know how this guy's brilliant. Kevin Smith keeps talking about him and calling him this kid. Yeah. And then <laughs> he sent him an email. He's like, yeah, I'm like 51 or something. So at 51 years old, kids, this guy just made his first feature film, and it's the highest rated R film of all time. Like
1: if that says anything it says it's never too late follow your dreams <laughs>
2: never too late like holy shit eh but I'm I'm so happy that I I was so much more impressed by the movie than I thought I even would be like it was just good times through and through and uh and I don't even know Deadpool like I'm clueless to
1: Deadpool, you know. Yeah, really. I've only read a couple of the post uh issues, and I have the uh, Death of Deadpool issue because that was so huge, and you know, I kind of fell into the variant cover craze for that. But uh, it, it, that's really my only, you know, source material for Deadpool is that.
2: I will not be surprised in any way if Kira Knightley is cast as Cable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Would you not? Would you not be? Would you? I... I don't know, but I mean being a wrestling fan, now that I've seen Kevin Nash being uh, you know up for the role, I'm 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 kinda really behind that one. Oh, I like the I didn't first know Nash guy Through this... just threw
2: his,
0: his dick yeah. on the table.
2: Yeah. He yeah, he threw his dick on the table. The table I didn't know broke that. in like four pieces, man. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I, 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 I just heard I just heard that uh, uh I can't think of the guy's name now.
2: Stephen Lang from yes. uh, Avatar. Yeah. I like that yeah. pick. I think he'd be rad, man. But...
0: What about what about uh, Perlman?
2: Yeah, he yeah, said that, that would too. Be really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's yeah. yeah. I yeah, just I'm I'm stuck on man. that Stephen Lang guy. He looks perfect. I really kind of
1: I had my doubts about that guy until I saw him in uh, Into the Badlands. Oh yeah. Once I saw him because he played the same guy. Like right after Avatar, he was in that other sh- that TV show that was basically the same thing, and he almost, he says like the same line where it's "Welcome to Pandora," you know, and, and it's almost a, a carbon copy. But now he's in this, you know, he he was into the Badlands where he plays like the uh, uh, a cripple guy in a wheelchair, and he's kicking ass like oh, wheelchair, yeah? yeah, like wheelchair kung fu, man. That if you didn't get a chance to check out into the badlands dude look it up get it seriously it's an
2: amazing is this the the show
1: yeah right the spike tv
2: show yeah i like i saw the first one or two but i didn't keep up with it now uh steven lang he was uh did you see public enemies Mm. with johnny depp as uh
1: oh yeah he was uh dillinger
2: yeah as dillinger the guy that shot him at the end yeah that was him that was Stephen lang
1: oh no shit
2: yeah, yeah, he's gotten around a little bit, and I really like him as an actor, actually. That's I think a deep he can, cut. <laughs> yeah, I think he could pull a good cable, but I would really not be surprised if they Kira Knightley and just go ahead and make it a woman. like <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least a cameo, you know? I'm
2: something. a little torn over what you guys were talking about uh, with Colossus eating the cereal in his metal form, because I agree that he wouldn't do that, yet... What oh, I loved
1: do? it. Yeah. you don't
2: cast I, the guy for literally one transformation. Like, that's tough.
1: Yeah. It's funnier to keep it in metal form. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then when he goes to the X house, <laughs> <laughs> I only ever run into the two of you. It's like the studio couldn't afford any more X-Men.
1: Yeah. And what
2: a reach for
1: Negasonic Teenage Warhead, right?
2: Yeah, like, that was yeah.
1: such a reach. Like, she had, like, what, one appearance and she died you know, it was it was a, a genius move, too, especially because now because of that success, Monster Magnet is going on their first North American tour in 10 years. That's Sp- crazy. Eh? <laughs> right. Spawned from this. Totally ridiculous. It, it's they're crazy that they're
0: well, It's crazy. They pull her out. I mean, I like I said, i have been book 12 and I've not seen her in any of them.
2: Well I don't think she is has ever been in a Deadpool. I think she's just oh, a she's really obscure. Okay. They get they have a list, right? Like they have a list of which okay. mutants they're allowed to use. Okay, gotcha,
0: gotcha. So
2: they went through the list and they were gonna use uh oh, I can't remember the other character. There was another girl they were gonna use. And then Dazzler? They, no, it was like witch something or I can't remember. But uh they and then they saw her name. And they picked her purely on the name. They didn't even know what she could do at the time. They saw the name and they were like, yeah, let's use that one. So that's why she's in the movie because her name is cool.
1: She first <laughs> appeared in New X-Men number 115 in August 2001. Hmm.
2: Isn't that his first appearance?
1: No, his New Mutants 98, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Oh, Deadpool's? Should... Yeah. Yeah, New Mutants 98. And Cable's was like two uh, two issues behind I believe or after? Yeah, how many
2: uh how much you think that shot up in the last like couple weeks? Well, right?
1: I know when it when Deadpool uh got mentioned, that Cable comic at my local comic shop uh was $50. Now, I'm seeing it for 250 on eBay. Is that all? No, up to 500 or 1000 even huh. in graded, you know, 9.8.
2: Well, a Walking Dead number 1, you're talking 1500 right out now. There, yeah. Yeah, like I mean obviously not as many made. But I mean I don't know how many were actually ran for the for the Deadpool run, but uh you know, it's crazy shit. So, you know, this wasn't any more R rated than anything I've ever seen before. Oh my god, I'm just oh, I didn't think we'd get to see so much of Morena.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, uh,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think we'd I, get to see so much of him as well. I really thought they were going to go. CGI dick. for Tad, I guess.
0: I really thought that we were going to get to see
1: Copycat. Who's Copycat?
0: That, that girl, Vanessa.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the, that's who she is in the comics. Yeah. Who? Which one? Who are you talking about? Vanessa, uh, his, his girlfriend. His girl.
2: Oh, his girlfriend. Get, oh, really? I had no well, idea.
0: She's just one of his mini girlfriends in, in the books, but she's a, a shapeshifter. Oh! But you know, when she was in that tube with the, the the garter and the the thigh highs and everything, that's what she usually looks like, just with what blue or green skin. I can't remember.
2: Oh well, that's the future then. She'll probably become her and like because something happens or something.
0: Yeah, if
1: you well, look up copycat, that, she's played by Marina Beckerin right here. It's it's coming, man. It's coming. Oh, awesome.
2: What she's when did she, what she's credited as Copycat? Yeah,
1: when I, I type in Copycat, it shows right up and it says Copycat, fictional superhero, blah blah blah, X Force, played by Marina Baccarin, species mutant, creators Rob Lifefield and uh, Fabian. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's obviously sequel material. Then oh yeah, go with that. You know, but I don't think I think it's the originality of how this movie was made more so than it's an R rated superhero movie because we've had plenty of those. You know, like there's been many made. There's been, you know, blades and this and that and fucking tons of shit. So I think the originality of this is what's going to spur a movement as far as trying new creative things with other movies, you know, and obscure characters. Like Fox is probably going to dig now. Now they're going to now, you know, I see a new mutants movie coming now.
1: Oh, yeah. And that was
2: the suit. Negasonic had her new mutant suit on, didn't she?
1: I believe so and I thought it was one of the best-looking suits they've ever done out of oh, all yeah. of the movies.
2: Yeah, it looked great. It looked totally great. And you know, a new mutants movie would be sick.
1: Yeah, strap me in. Like Kevin Smith says it's the greatest time to be alive if you're a comic fan, even if you're yeah. not, even if you just love great stories. Like the new mythology is what I like to call it or if that's what it's called, but it is. It's the new mythology. This stuff is going to last forever. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. It's what it's
2: all about and it's a beautiful thing. Uh so what other kind of bullshit we got coming up as far as uh winding down moments, kids. Uh Jimmy Yes you and I are going to be uniting to form Devastator in Chicago at C two E two
1: motherfucker. Oh yeah. I'm already man, I got everything set to go. Gotta get I'm some in. new tires on the ride, but I'm there. Very, very nice, you just are you are you driving down, or yeah, I'm gonna drive that's down right, that, that, right. that way I'm just you know i i can get where I need to go if I need to go anywhere, and it's just cheaper on gas too, dude it'll cost me like thirty dollars in my car to drive to Chicago
2: that's not how, how long a drive is that for you? five hours, oh, that's fucking nothing, man, that's fact, fucking nothing yeah that ain't uh, nice. it's gonna be an hour and a half flight for me, and uh we're gonna hook up down there, and I'm so excited uh. Capullo, I'm coming for you oh, yeah. that's my that's my main target there is a conversation with Greg Capulo while we're winding down his run on classic Batman new 52 that's happened on March 18th C2e2 Chicago the McCormick place God damn yeah so then a month after that I think I'm gonna be running into you again aren't I Jimmy
1: ah uh, yeah. hi
2: there Jimmy <laughs> I think we're running into you again there, buddy.
1: <laughs> uh, you, uh, we're we're at uh, Motor City. Motor
2: City Comic Con. Motor City. May bitches. May thirteenth, I believe. Yeah,
1: thirteenth through fifteenth. Yeah. The yeah. Suburban Su- Showcase.
2: And we always have a good time. That's always uh, one of the big parties of the year. Then following that, April's going to be rolling around, and then Josh and I will be hooking up for the first time of the year down in the fighting city of Philadelphia. You're not coming to Denver? Uh, Philly's first, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's why I said the first of our hookups this year. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, yo, at the Great Philadelphia Comic-Con uh this show is shaping up to be something seriously seriously cool.
0: Uh, we, I I I just decided this morning I'm going to try and get a uh, Mighty Morphin's bumper even if it's just for Jimmy. <gasps> oh.
2: <laughs> That'd be awesome. We can probably get more than that to be sure. honest, uh because This is going to be uh, one of the more serious cons for the Points of Interest Podcast Network is not only will we be attending and probably delivering some of our patented guerrilla-style podcasting, but we're officially helping to host this bitch. Um, Josh and I, not only there as press, but you're going to see us doing some moderation, some panel hosting. A little bit of this and that so that's going to be very very exciting and that's usually a power ranger heavy show last year was uh there was a bunch of uh power rangers there
1: that's denver
2: i was in a elevator with austin st john
1: <laughs> oh hell yeah
2: and it was so funny because i get it was first thing in the morning and i get in the elevator and i'm going down for a coffee and he's in there with like torn jeans sandals and just like a like a tank top <laughs> And he's just leaning against the the elevator and he's like, how's it going, man? And I'm like, <laughs> cool, man. He was so chilled. He was just totally like happy to be wherever he was. You know what I mean? He seemed like a really nice guy. So,
1: Yeah, I'm going to get to meet him for the first time in Chicago and hopefully do an interview with the guy.
2: Oh, that's right. You're going to have a chat with the fella as well. That's good times. It's uh, Yeah, it's going to be fun. And then after that, uh, as Josh just mentioned, in June – uh, well, firstly, Jimmy and I meeting up yet again at Niagara Falls Comic-Con. And then like two weeks after that, I'll be back out to Denver for Denver Comic-Con. Holy shit. It's a crazy year. I'm excited. Uh, John Ostrander is going to be in Denver as well.
1: Yeah, I hear you're backing out, Jimmy.
2: No, wait. Sorry. I am. I am. He I, is uh, at Ty
1: Templeton. I won't be able to get the, the time off work for both. And I really want to go to the uh, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old podcast. And Niagara Falls, so I I had to make a choice. It was one or the other.
2: Hey, man, you can't do it all, you know. That's right. Understandable. You just can't. You can't fit it all in. And to be honest, I saw Jane, Silent Bob get old live at Fan Expo a couple years back. And, yeah, that was that was super, super cool. So you're going to have a, a, a good time doing
1: that. Oh, yeah. It sucks Go having ahead. to pick and choose, man. But I'm like, I got 13 dates I'm making this year, so I, ha- I right. had to make a sacrifice.
0: Hey, it, oh. it's
1: not like
2: it's not ever going to happen again, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm expecting both of you still for Fan Expo. I mean, I know that one's far away enough that nothing's written in stone for that one. But I expect 100% attempts for both of you to be appearing at fan expo with me this year.
1: That's September.
2: That is September. That's Labor Day weekend.
1: All right. I'll be there.
2: Right. So you got till September 1st to get your shits together, kids.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Just uh, waiting for tax returns. Really?
2: There you go. I hear that man. Uh, tax returns always help indeed. Uh, but there you go, kids. Uh, that was a fun old talk them up. Uh, thank you fellas for helping me get uh, a few things off my mind things that have just been bugging me it's good to work these things through with friends occasionally uh basically what it comes down to is fuck y'all batman versus superman's going to be the greatest thing ever (laughs) and uh i can't wait to see it so but seriously kids everybody out there one love come on there's room for everything there's room for everybody okay like you know you're supposed to be taking these superheroes as examples so do that and try to help everybody. Uh, Josh, you can be found on the twitters at uh, three hundred three ninja.
0: Three hundred three underscore ninja. Three
2: hundred three. Always forget the underscore.
0: Yeah, well, it happens because it's kind of dumb. Ninja. But
2: uh, you know. Why is it there?
0: Because someone else stole three hundred three ninja. Three
2: hundred three
0: ninja.
1: <laughs> before it, you know, before I was able to get on there.
2: Nice. And Jimmy's on the Twitter at ninja starpod.
1: Yep, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Good times and
2: both these fine gentlemen and their shows as I mentioned earlier can be found on the points of interest podcast network. That's points of Podcast.com. Of course this show an Canada bitches. Thanks guys.
0: Thank you man. Yep. Good 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 time.
2: Good times. Good times. That's all we're going to have this week on an elegant weapon kids. easy.